0: On today's episode of the Digging In Podcast, we talk about the purpose of the profits. Hey, 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 hey! This is not Fat Albert, no, this is Finn, and welcome back to another episode of the Digging In Podcast podcast lessons from series. If you are listening to this episode for your first time, and it's because it's the first one on the list here on on Spotify or whatever streaming service you're on, I ask that you actually stop listening right now. (laughs) And that's because this is the closing episode of one of our weeks. So I ask that you actually go back six episodes and start over again and listen all the way through the week to get the full experience of digging in with us nice work on making it all the way here to the end of week six and enduring the ridiculousness of my intros this week. Congratulations. If you guys have no idea who Fat Albert is, it's probably just an age thing and it's totally okay if it goes right over your head. Doesn't really matter all that much because guess what? We're not talking about Fat Albert today. No, not even a little bit actually. This is actually probably the most airtime Fat Albert has gotten in like over 15 years. That's Crazy! Shout out to Fat Albert. Um, hey, anyway, uh, we're talking about the prophets today. Obviously, we're closing out week six as we talked about several of the prophets. Not all of them. There's actually quite a few other prophets we didn't even touch or talk about, uh, and, and that's that's okay. I think with, that's okay with what we've been doing because I've kind of just again been trying to introduce you guys to the ideas of reading scripture on your own and introducing you to the to the points of the prophets, that there's a lot more to them than just like some magical future telling. Um, And also there's more to them than just doom and gloom. There's a lot of layers to what we uh, have been talking about. In fact, we've talked about some interesting stories. We looked at a pretty traditional prophet story with Amos and his lines up with Joel and and Obadiah and Nahum, that they're just pretty traditional uh, prophets with a a lot of their message. But then we looked at some really interesting stories of prophets with Hosea and Jonah, and Habakkuk, and that those three have weirdly different kind of purposes, ideas. And then we looked at two major prophets with Jeremiah and Isaiah. So I kind of gave you guys a taste of a lot of different Types of prophets, and there's still some more stuff out there. And and the goal of what we're doing today is we're I want to synthesize, I want to bring together a whole bunch of information from a lot of these uh, prophet stories and make sense of them and why it's actually super relevant here in 2021. Because the fact of the matter is this, guys: uh, these stories were not written to us, right? The Bible was not written to us. You were not the original intended audience of the Bible. No, there was a lot of other people, like the Jewish people of the day, especially with the Old Testament, that were the originally intended audience, or with the stories of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you were still not the original intended audience. No, each of those authors was inspired by God to write to a specific group of people who needed to hear that message. But the best part about the Bible is that although it wasn't written to you, it was written for you. Because as we find out in 2 Timothy 3.16, all scripture is breathed out by God and is good for a whole bunch of purposes. And that all those purposes boil down to this idea of the man or the person of God, person who's faithfully following God, to be able to be equipped for every possible work that God might have them to be ready to do. And so scripture is good for everything. And it's it's above time. There, there is no time that scripture is held by. It's good forever for all things and for all people. And so although you were not the original intended audience of scripture, you are someone whose scripture is written for. So that's why we're learning lessons from a lot of these people through this series. And that's why we're learning lessons from the prophets who at one level seem like we couldn't possibly get any more distant from the life of the prophets. And while we are absolutely correct about that, what we've learned this week is that there's a lot more to their stories. There's a lot more going on that really relates to us today. And I hope you see that. I hope you can agree with that because we're going to bring all of it together today to figure out why are the prophets so important. So without further delay, why don't you grab your Bible, your pen, and your paper and let's dig in. Father God, thank you so much for bringing us together to end out week number six. This has been such an amazing ride, an interesting ride, very different from anything we've really talked about so far. And so thank you for the fact that you are bringing us along for this ride, and that as you do that, you are encouraging us and and teaching us, and, and we are learning from all these people who you really are. So God, as we close out today, as we bring together the stories of so many of the disciples that we've been talking about and some from other ones that we haven't talked about, I pray that you would open up our eyes to see the goodness of your word, the ears to hear the goodness of your word and the heart to love the goodness of your word and to truly know it throughout our entire body. God, we love you, and we thank you so much for this amazing and connected and beautiful and above all time scripture that you've given to us. We love you, Lord, and we pray these things in your name. Amen. All right, guys. So at the beginning of this series, I talked about the, the three points of the prophet. I told you that prophets at some level, are, are they're sitting and they are kind of being the the defense attorney, so to speak, for God. They are calling out the sins against Israel and Judah and honestly all of the world. They're saying, hey, these bad things have happened, so here's what's going to happen now. But they're also the people who who provide warnings, right? I mean, Jonah, his whole message was it was a warning to Nineveh, right? He gave them the chance. He said, hey, 40 days until this is overthrown, meaning you guys have a chance, to repent before the overthrow happens, and they do. Nineveh, the worst people in the world, Nineveh actually repents, and so part of it is there's some warnings, and then saying, hey, if you guys don't turn away from this, you're done. Some of it is actual, hey, this is happening no matter what, right, but then a lot of the story of the prophets is discussing the social issues of the day, and what I mean by that is, although I didn't hit on it with, with Isaiah and Jeremiah all that much, because the message there is a little bit deeper than just that, what I made sure to mention for you guys was constantly how jacked up the world surrounding each of these prophets were. Like the world they lived in, each one of them was jacked up full of absolutely horrific actions, right? There were widows and orphans who were being beaten, who are being oppressed in every possible way. There are rich people who are running entire areas and they are making it impossible for poor people to be able to do anything, to access anything, right? There's, there's, so there's, there's economic injustice. And then there's a massive governmental injustice and that the leadership is so corrupt. They're, they're housing themselves in these, in these temple rooms and they're throwing parties just for like the top 1% of people, right? They're oppressing everyone. And on top of that, there's violence all throughout the city. And in so many of these places, the word of God, the Torah, the law isn't being followed, isn't being uh, given out as you know, something that has to be, be done correctly. And there's absolutely no justice for anyone who breaks it. There's really no judicial system, so to speak. And so the world around them seems to be totally chaotic, lawless, and full of inequality and injustice does that feel like 2021? I mean, I think so. (laughs) I know that our our world is really good at putting a a blanket, especially America, is so good at putting a blanket on everything and making it feel soft and cushiony and, and so sweet and innocent. Now, there's just a few bad things that happen here and there. But let's look at 2019 to 2020 all the way up to 2021 and let's just look at I mean we can just sit here and count the countless issues that have been existing. We've got immense amount of police brutality at least on at some level there's a lot of police brutality happening. But on the other side of that, we've seen a lot of increases in crime and violence, specifically crime against police. So on one side, while we're seeing police brutality at some level increase, we're also seeing crimes against police officers also increasing. In the same year that we've seen so many black people of of different ages, of different socioeconomic statuses doing different things, some of them wrong in their actions, but several of them innocent in their actions, the same year that we've seen these black people be killed by cops, we've also seen more people killing cops. So we live in this twisted world where that's a reality. We live in this world where the rich are as rich as, they've, as they as they've ever been, the richest people ever, right now, and also some of the poorest people ever, even in our own country. I mean, I just read an article the other day that said like fifteen percent of Americans, maybe a little bit more than that, actually, I'm thinking about it, are are saying that of the meals in a day, there's only a, like of that percent. They're they're saying that. Like 20% of Americans are saying that not, their kids aren't getting all three meals in a day. And that's not because they're choosing not to eat breakfast or lunch or dinner. It's because they can't afford it. They can't come by it. So that's happening in our country. We saw a presidency that started in disaster and seemed to move to somewhat of a quietness, just got worse and worse and worse and ended in utter destruction with riots at our capital. Our Capitol building, we were looking like a Central American or South American country back in the 80s, and and we saw people rushing the Capitol building and trying to tear down the walls. I mean, we've seen so much terrible stuff. I mean, even COVID, right? A a, a virus that's moving through like a, a national, or sorry, an international pandemic, right? That is a world pandemic that is ravaging just like on the sidelines, underneath everything else. We're living in this place where a virus is still controlling our day-to-day actions. We're seeing suicide rates skyrocket. We're seeing teenagers. Teenagers are the leaders in suicide right now. Guys, we're looking at a broken world full of injustice full of pain, full of anguish, if the prophets were to come back today, if Amos or Hosea or Jonah or um, Obadiah or Nahum or Joel, if, if these guys were to come back and stand in our presence, what would they say? What would their message be? I argue that the message would be the exact same. They wouldn't even change the words. Now, maybe they don't speak, you know, in, in, in Hebrew. They're not writing in Hebrew, right? But perhaps they are saying the exact same thing. They're talking about the oppression. They're talking about the inequality. They're talking about all these things. And they're not saying this to be social justice warriors. They're not saying these things so that way they can have a Instagram account with a bajillion followers on it. They're not saying these things so they can be on the front page of the news or the, so they can be hired as your next favorite politician. No. They're saying these things because they're calling them out and they're begging for theological reform. If you remember that phrase, what that phrase means is they are begging all of us to turn away from those things and be changed, reformed to change, right? To be changed by our theology or our beliefs about God. They're saying if we would believe differently about God, if we would change the way we believe who God is, then all of these other things, these social injustices of our world today would be fixed, but the problem is, is sin. The problem is, is that we have an inability to move past our own junk at times. And so we just keep downward spiraling back into what's comfortable, what's familiar, which is social injustice and inequality. I mean, guys, look at Genesis four, right? Right after Genesis three, right after the first sin, what happens? A brother murders his own brother. And then the descendants of the murdering brother, his descendants end up in this guy named Lamech, who then goes on to, with his multiple wives, goes on to shout proclamations of how amazing it is and how mighty he is, and that there was this guy who was talking crap about him, who was just talking about him funny, and he killed him, and he's bragging in a song about how he killed someone. Those are the descendants of the murderer. So tell me how sin doesn't immediately affect us. And I'll argue that point right to you. And ever since that moment, we've been affected by sin. Sin gets in us and we have this this blanket over us, like a a hood, a shroud, if you will, of sin. That we are covered by it sometimes. But here's here's the point of what the prophets are trying to bring to us. What the prophets are trying to do for us is this. They're trying to tell us right here, right now, even in this day in 2021, that if we would change the way that we believe about God, then the issues of this world would look and be different. It's the same begging message. They said, oh, Israel, turn and run, turn and run away from the world and run into the open arms of God follow the law of the Lord, meditate on it day and night, rejoice in the fact that the law of the Lord, the word of God is a gift to you, that he gave you the Bible, rejoice in that because you can learn from these these mistakes. You can learn from these these issues and problems that have been existing forever. You can learn from them so you don't repeat them, right? That's the blessing of of the Holy Bible. But the problem is, is that we're not doing it. The problem is is that we are what's comfortable to us is sin because it's been with us forever. What's comfortable for us is to spiral downward and to focus on ourselves. That when everything, when the worst comes to worst, what are you going to do? Fall on your knees and pray to the God of the universe? Or are you going to say, I've got this. I can figure this out. Unfortunately, for so many of us and for the world, the unbelieving world around us, They don't know that they can turn and run to God. They think that they have to solve it. They think that it's up to a young girl to solve all of our climate problems. They think it's up to the Black Lives Matter movement to fix all racial injustice. They think it's up to the the middle class or even the poor to fix, to break the income and wealth gap in our world. Guys, it's not up to just those people. It's up to all of us. But the only way we can do it is not by mustering up some fake belief or some, some, something inside of ourselves. We can't dig deep within ourselves and find the junk and then fix the world. No, plenty of people have tried. Believe me, plenty of people in the history have tried to do that because my painful realization is that one of my biggest heroes in life, one of my biggest heroes is Martin Luther King Jr. He preached the gospel to the, to the country and to the world all the while being someone who was against the racial injustice of the world, right? He was still preaching the gospel. He was a prophet, so to speak, in that way. He wasn't getting the words from God, so I'm not going to put the capital P prophet on there and, and make some sort of heresy out of it. But what I'm saying is that he saw that if we would preach the gospel, that these things would change. That if we really believed the gospel, these things might change. But guess what? He was shot and killed, by a human being. He was murdered by a human being. And then when he was murdered, after he died, what happened? Racial injustice continued. We can't put our faith in these things to to be fixed by other human beings. There's got to be another solution. And the prophets of old, the prophets of the Old Testament, what they said was, if we would be just as concerned about our faith in God as we are about the social problems of this world, things would look different. The prophets prophets weren't here just to say doom and gloom, doom and gloom. No, they called out the crap, the junk in this world. And they said, if you want to do something about this, run back to God. Delight in the word that he has given you and live differently. When we fight injustice with injustice, when we say the only way to beat this is to overthrow this, all we're doing is switching one bad power to the next. And I hope you hear what I'm saying here. I'm not saying that social injustice is impossible to solve. I'm saying the way we're doing it is no different than we've tried to do it Forever. The only difference now is that we have media, we have social media and regular media to make everyone's voice louder. So now it's not just Martin Luther King Jr. or and Malcolm X and a few other people who are popular in the civil rights movement with like Rosa Parks. and it's not just those few people who are getting known, it's everyone. So everyone's voice is now loud. That's the only difference, is that it's just a louder world that we live in. But we're still trying to solve the problems of old with the solutions of old. We're not doing anything different. We're not reinventing the wheel on solutions. We're doing the same thing. We think we're doing things different, but we're not. Because we're still trusting in other human beings to solve the problems of other human beings. We're fighting sin with sin. And it just doesn't work what the prophets were saying, what the prophets were urging us to do is to realize the brokenness and the sin of this world. Realize that it's immensely powerful and immensely great and that we must do something about it. And they said that the solution to doing something about it was running away from the world and running towards God. Reform, change your theology, what you believe about God. Change what you believe about God. If you believe that God is just punishing, then that's how your life is going to be. But if you believe that God is a hope-filled, loving God who is quick to forgive us and slow to anger, and you run to that God, the one who created the universe, and everyone if everyone ran to that God and they were changed and reformed by him, then our world would look different. Because his world, the one that he intended, was perfect. It was good. And then we jacked it up. Now his plan all the way from the beginning was to prove that even though we jack it up, that he's still in control. His plan was, you can jack it up all you want, but I'm still going to save you. And I'm still going to make this world perfect one day once again. And so what's crazy is that the prophet's message of Theological reform leading to social justice reform remains the same, but we have to be willing to do it ourselves. And what I mean by that is we have to be willing to run away from the world and run away from the solutions that the world tries to provide us and run to God. If you want real social justice, if you want real love of all people, real equality, if you want those things then stop defining it yourself because your definition is different from mine and my definition is different from someone else's. We don't know what it is because we have no idea what it even looks like because we've never seen it. There's never been a time where the world has been equal and social justice filled and loving outside of Genesis 1 and 2. Those are the only moments. The only one who knows perfection is God and so instead of of deciding and defining for yourself what it should and could look like, listen to the message and the lessons of the prophets and turn away from yourself and turn away from the world. Join hands with other believers and run to God. Let us change the world, not by our own opinions and beliefs, but by the theological reforms of the word of God. Let us Love God first, know him completely, so that way we can love others and make disciples of all nations. I know this is a hard message, but it's, and I know it's countercultural for the most part, but that is the call. That's what the prophets were saying all the way back in, you know, 800 to, through 500 BC, that's what they were saying. And even the ones before that, even the prophets before that, that prophet period who were with the other kings, all they were saying was that all we have to do is to run back to God and delight in the word of the Lord, delight in what he has given us in the Holy Scripture, the Bible. And if we delight in the words, then we'll see the genuine path forward. And that path forward is by God and God alone. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Digging In Podcast Lessons From series. Join us next week as we close out the entire Old Testament with the final few characters.